Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes. Every day I'll give you insights and encouragement. That's a year in the Bible, available now wherever you get your podcasts. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this and I always know Jesus has the answer he has that next step for you let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you Welcome to Your Next Step, coming to you from the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. I am Pastor Doug. With me is Pastor Doyle. Great to be with you as always, Pastor Doyle. Yeah, it's good to be here. I mean, today we really want to help you take a step with God. That's what this is about, Your Next Step. We want to help you take a step spiritually. And we got some practical insight on how you can love other people and influence them from God's perspective, and and I love this. Yeah, we've got some steps today. You know, it's one thing to throw a scripture at somebody and say, you better do this. It's another to say, here's how you do it. You've got five steps for us here, five things yeah. to focus on that's going to help us become that exceptional person with love and influence. Well, I think before we get to the steps, I, I want you to hear that, but I want you to hear this. Your influence and my influence is not determined by our level of success, but by our ability to help other people succeed. That means, you know, my success isn't about if I'm a success, it's about can I help other people? And that's what this is about. It's about influencing other people with the love of God. And so we talk about learn how to focus on the person. Mm-hmm. That means, you know, really listen to them and 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 be humble in talking to them. Number 2, focus on the positive. What what's God done in their life? Number 3, focus on their potential what God can do. Number four, focus on their purpose. And then number five, focus on the process. Begin to walk it out uh, with them. And uh, that's what I want to help people do today. So don't go anywhere and hang on, because we're going to go through this five-step process to help you help other people experience the love of God and share the love of God. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. See, if we love God, it fills us, and then people can see Christ Jesus through us. And so we know and we rely on the love of God has for us. That's why every day we go, God, I'm just relying on you. I'm relying on your love to pour into me, to overflowing. And then verse 19, we love because he first loved us. The secret to God's love is, first of all, knowing that he loves you and that he's poured into your life. That's the secret. Being filled every day. Say, God, I'm going into this day because you have raised me up. You've given me life. And here I go. Here I go. Every day that you are breathing. Any day that you stop breathing, you will probably be with Jesus, if you know Jesus. And so the breath that you have comes from him. Use it for him. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-8 says, Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. 
It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Boy, that is refrigerator worthy, is it not? Take that and put it in some big print on your refrigerator this week. You may have an opportunity to be reminded. There's going to be some guest at the house that are going to say just the wrong thing at the right time. And you need to remember, love is not easily angered. You need to remember, love does not delight in evil. Do not put itching powder in any of their their beds while they're sleeping at your house. You know what I'm saying? Love, listen, look at, listen, this is the key. This is the second key here. The secret of love is showing God's love to others. It's showing God's love to others. This is why. Because when you and I love, it goes out of us and he refills us with more love. It goes out, it changes their life, it impacts them, and it changes the world. And this is the second point about extraordinary people. Extraordinary people are influencers. And the reason they're influencers is because they always approach everybody with love. Love is difficult to resist. That's how God got you here. It was his love. He pursued you and pursued you and pursued you. He overlooked overlooked your flaws. And he said, oh, don't believe that lie. Don't believe that lie. I love you. You're precious. You're mine. You're mine. I designed you. Don't believe the lies. For God so loved the world. Everyone. That includes you. That includes me. Everyone, everyone around you. Everyone. Look to your neighbor and say, you're somebody. See? Every one of us is somebody. If you can just, if you can get up every day with that, oh, baby, you'll run around like my dog, Bo. Infinite energy. He knows he's loved. I keep his cup full every day. And see, God is filling your cup. Now, some of us, we don't want him to fill our cup because we like our cup full of bitterness. Better repent, okay? Exceptional influence. I believe exceptional influence means servant leadership. What I mean by that is this. We look for ways to serve. We look for ways to love people, to invest in them, to, to believe in them. Look at Matthew 16, 18. This is Peter and, and Jesus having a conversation when Peter finally got, got it right that Jesus was the Messiah. And Peter says, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. He says, Peter, I want you to know something. Now that you know that I'm Messiah, you understand that I am the living God. It, I am fully human, fully God. I'm just going to pour into you. And nothing now that that reality has come into your life can, can conquer it. No power of evil, no spirit of hell, nothing can conquer that. Now, Peter, at this time, you know, he's with Jesus. They're doing ministry. And it's it's not long after that they go to Jerusalem. Jesus has warned him, said, you guys, 
It's about to get tough, baby. I'm going to the cross. And on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he looks at him. He says, you guys are going to deny me. Oh, never me, never me. And then Peter denies him three times that night. Jesus is raised from the dead. A few days after that, he comes to Peter and he says, hey, Peter, I have an assignment for you. Now think about this. One of the reasons that you and I struggle in our God assignment, our God calling, is we know the times we've denied him. The times we've been ashamed of him, embarrassed, embarrassed to be a Christian, embarrassed to talk about God, embarrassed by that. And we allow that shame point to to overshadow his love. And as a result, we miss out on all that God has for us. Peter, Peter, in his exchange with Jesus, Jesus looks at him and says, I don't want that to cloud your memory. Look what it says here. It's on the back of my notes. John 21, 17. It says, that a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Let me ask you something. If your mama said to you, son, daughter, I need you to take out the garbage. It comes to you a second time. Sweetheart. Need you to take out the garbage. I'm telling you, at my house growing up, if it got to number three, the name of George was about to be invoked. And that meant the wrath of God was coming through my father to my adipose tissue upon which I sit. When something has to be said three times, it's important, isn't it? And Jesus is looking at Peter, and he's saying the third time, I need this to be very clear in your heart. I know I love you, but I have this one question for you, Pete. Do you love me? See, has somehow your affection for me ended because you had a failure in the relationship? Some of us throw up, we throw in the towel on a relationship, not because of the other person's failure, but because of our failure. Don't let that be the case of your spiritual life with God. Think about that. I know so many people who lose their God opportunities because... They failed. Not God. They failed. And when when Jesus is interacting with Peter, the reason he says it three times is because he does love him. He wants him to have this clear. You think this ever, ever left Peter's mind? No, it didn't. See, Peter still knew from this point on, I'm still in the game. Because Jesus said three times, I was... Capable of serving. I'm capable of loving. I'm capable of doing. And what Jesus was trying to help Peter learn was this. If you love me, 
You're going to serve me and you're going to feed my sheep. That means that you're going to engage in the activity of helping other people. That you are not going to worry about your failures and your losses and your mistakes. Listen to me now. This is important. No longer let your failures and flaws of the past in your walk with Jesus determine the direction of your future with him. See, he has said, I love you. I've poured myself out for you. My love is still available. Now let's get going. And what was the task? I want you to lead people. I want you to influence people. I want you to have an impact. I did not die on a cross so you could sit in a corner and suck your thumb and complain about the fact that you denied me that day, Pete. And he feels the same way about me and about you. And that's the point. Use his love that has been poured into you to influence other lives. Now, this is the principle I laid down next to that. It says, my influence is not determined by my level of success, but my ability to help you succeed. So that means every person that God brings into your sphere. That means if you're in school, it's the people you're in school with. That means if you're at work, that means the people you're working with. It means if this week you're sitting around the table and it's Thanksgiving, you and I are to be there thinking, how can I help them succeed? How can I love on this person? How can I bless this? Listen, I realize that we live in a world that is judgment phobic. Don't you judge me. I'll unlike you. Listen. (laughs) Unfriend you. Clearly, I'm not as versed as I ought to be. All right. Listen, listen. For you to look at somebody else and evaluate that they have a need. And for you to pour into their life love, appreciation, is not a problem. Okay? They need it. If I am thirsty, give me something to drink. Jesus said there's a reward for giving a drink to someone who is thirsty. He said, you saw me hungry and you fed me. See, Jesus, Jesus' invitation. Think about this. Every time when Jesus talked about an invitation, he said, uh, the, the manager went out to send an invitation to a banquet. And he goes, an invitation to, to a wedding. Every time Jesus did these invitation parables, it was always about people, wasn't it? People never said, we invited the trees. Never said, we invited the oxen and the dogs. It was people. And that was because every time he wanted to bless the invitee. God's invitation to you and I to be influencers through his love flowing through us is a good thing. It's a good thing. It's not a burden. It's not a burden. A job is a good thing. (laughs) If you like eating. You like having a roof over your head. Job is a good thing. Working is good. 
It's good for your health, good for your mind, good for your body, good for your soul. Just saying. All right. So let me give you five quick focus points on how to, to focus on other people's success. Number one, focus on the person. Focus on the person. Philippians 2, 3, and 4, it says, Do not be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Think of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. So think about the people. You're going to be with people this week. Probably have a good idea of what people you're going to be with. So make a list of those people. Start today. you got four days. you got four days to be praying for them every day. Lord, I thank you that I'm going to get to be with this person, this person, this person, this person. Trust me, something is going to go wrong. Something is going to go sideways at some point. It's called living in reality. Okay? But that doesn't change their, their, their people, that they're, not, they're loved by God. So just be ready for it. Be ready for it. All right? Focus on the positive. What are the things that you love about these people in your life? And, 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 and keep that in your mind at all times. Focus on their potential. First Peter 4.10, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. See, look at the people around you and, and evaluate and say, oh, you know, this person has a, has a great gift. And, and think about their gifting that God has given them. When you come in contact with the little kids, all right? I love elementary age because I can look at them and say, tell me something. What do you do, want to do when you, you know, get to choose everything you get to do in life? When you choose, you know, what you're going to do and uh, be an adult, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? And listen to them. And say, well, that's a great goal. Do you know what? What would it take to make that happen? That's a great follow-up check question. What would it take to make that happen? And then just listen to them. Don't give them all the answers. Just start asking the questions. What has happened to us as adults that we don't help inspire potential in young people? By asking them the questions. Listen. Jennifer, we're getting ready, okay? So Jennifer has her list. All right? You need to know, we're in full check-down mode. All right? I've already gone and get my hair cut so I can look beautiful. <laughs> Going to the beauty shop for me, I call that mission impossible. But hey. And, and we're checking off things. Yesterday, we were, we were starting, we were making... Um, one of the things that we have as a tradition, my grandmother made it, we were making it, we're preparing it, and, 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 um, I'm there mainly for cleanup and just encouragement and support, okay? It's not a special tactical skill in any way, okay? Except I know how to scrub really good. And, and I'm not implying that Jennifer makes a mess in any way, okay? But we're, we're taking this stuff and we're pouring it into molds. I'm like, why do we need it? Why do we need to pour it into molds? Jennifer's like, Presentation is important too. It's not just about the taste. It's about presentation. You want to, to really get it across perfectly. I'm like, whatever. Pouring it in the mold. 
And then I'm thinking about this, and, and I'm reminded of this principle. When you look in the mirror, you need to look at yourself in the mirror, and you say, God, I thank you that presentation is important to you. If for whatever reason you designed me exactly as I am, because you wanted to present the gospel of Jesus Christ through a vessel that looked just like me, to a group of people that looks just like my family, my friends, and my coworkers. God, I thank you that presentation is important to you. And I am designed and gifted and set apart, made holy and pleasing to you. See, that changes everything, doesn't it? If you can get up every day with that awareness, did you know what else will happen? You'll look at yourself and say, presentation's important. And every other person you look at, you say, presentation's important. Everyone around me is designed to make a God impression because Christ Jesus lives in every one of us because we've put our hope in the work of Jesus on the cross to transform our minds, our hearts, our futures, our lives. That's good preaching. Number four. Focus on their purpose. Focus on their purpose. When you're talking to those kids, when you're, say, realize that everyone around your table has a purpose. You know what it is? To glorify God. That's what it is. They may not know it yet. But they were created to glorify God. And you're there just to love them. Love them into it. Number five, focus on the process. This is my favorite point. Luke 6, 38. It says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you gave will determine the amount you get back. See, with the measure you give of love, with the measure you give of, of your life, with the measure, if I've received from God and God has poured into me and I pour out what he has poured into me with the measure that I give away, he's just going to give more. He'll refill that. He'll refill that. He'll refill that because that is his nature. That is his nature. And I'm telling you, the process is to get up every day and say, okay, God, this is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I am your servant, God. You brought people into my life because people are most important. And I'm going to love them. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to be a blessing to them. This week, I thank you that you have called me to serve in Columbus, Ohio. Apparently, Columbus, Ohio needs people just like you and me. Amen? Here's our prayer. This is what it says. It says, Father, you have designed me to be in relationship Thank you for loving me. Forgive me for failing to love like you. Fill me with a hunger to help others succeed. Give me wisdom and opportunities to influence people to love and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Pastor Doyle Jackson for The Church Next Door. Reading the Bible is important. It's something that every Christian should do. It will transform your life. It'll help you grow spiritually. It is good for you. Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes every day. We'll give you insights and we'll encourage you. 
So read the Bible with me and join me daily. That's A Year in the Bible, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. When we gather together like this every day, I think it's really important that we we think about how are we inviting God into this situation. So every day, I want to take a little bit of a moment to pray, to ask God to move in our world. So right now, let's just bow our heads together and let's pray. You know, the Bible says so many times, be strong and courageous. So today, we're going to pray for that. We're going to pray for courage and obedience to God. Lord, today, we want to be like Joshua. You looked at Joshua as he stood on the, the land next to the Jordan River, and you said, Joshua, I need you to lead, and I need you to be strong and courageous. I need you to be obedient, Joshua. I need you to lead these people into the land. So today, we declare that we want to be leaders. We want to be strong and courageous. Lord, we want to be able to lead our families and lead our businesses and and lead our lives in a way that other people will know the promises of God, that they will know that you are faithful, that you are just, that you are a holy God, that you are a kind God. Lord, we're praying that you will give us the courage to speak the truth. Lord, that you will give us the obedience to your word. Lord, may we not shrink back from doing good, but may we have the energy to do more than we ever imagined or asked. Lord, begin to ask us to do things for you the way you have the disciples. You ask Peter to feed the sheep. Lord, help us to be like Peter. Help us to have courage to admit that we have doubted you in the past, that we have denied you in the past. Lord, give us courage to admit our weaknesses to those that are around us. Help us to be like Paul, who said, in my weakness, you are strong. Help us to be like Lydia, who who gave her home to you, Lord. She had the courage to turn her business of, of making purple cloth into a place of prayer. Lord, she gave her home. She gave her life to you. What courage it took. Lord, we've been holding back. Forgive us. Today, we choose to be obedient. You are worthy. You are our Lord, and it is in your name we pray, Jesus. Wow, that was so good. Didn't you enjoy that prayer? Well, would you like more help learning to pray? Then go to yournextstepnow.com. That's right, yournextstepnow.com. Give us your email, and we'll give you our free prayer guide. It's an ebook. You can download it. You'll have it right there. And you can join us daily as we learn to pray. We ask God for great things. You know, it will change your life to pray daily. And we need your help. We need your support, your prayer support. So give us your email today at yournextstepnow.com. Your Next Step is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued. But to financially support the ministry, visit thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. That's thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. Of course, we'll be glad to send you a gift of thanks in return. For more resources to guide and grow your faith, you can visit doylejackson.com. That's D-O-Y-L-E jackson.com. If you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888 888- 644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. Thanks for joining us. 
and we hope to see you next time for Your Next Step.